Welcome, everyone, to the Brand It Podcast, where we explore great leadership and iconic brands. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with co-host David Morrow. Each episode, we will explore brand stories and interview leadership of phenomenal brands. Our goal is to make this podcast one that we ourselves want to listen to, and we will include brand culture trivia to make the experience fun and engaging for everyone involved. So let's begin. All right, so welcome everybody to the Branded Podcast. Uh, today's special guest is Michael Stramario uh, with Stramario Consulting. Michael, welcome back, sir. Thank you very much, David. It's a pleasure to be back. We had That's... a lot of fun since last time we spoke. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it. Um, I'm your host, David Morrow, along with my co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, good afternoon, sir. Uh, good afternoon, David. Uh, you're remiss in your MC duties here. We have got in the studio today the godfather of print himself, Michael Stramaglio. Now that's how you introduce the man. That's very good. <laughs> I'm very impressed with that. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a long day on my end, so I was I, I apologize. Godfather. Hey, no apology necessary. That's I good. Someone lies about me like that. <laughs> so, so since we last spoke, you have taken a ride across America, and we want to hear about it. And uh, oh, but let's start from the top. Tell us what's what's new in your world. What's going on with Smago Consulting and all the great things you guys are doing? Well. Thanks for asking me. It's great to be back with you guys. You're a lot of fun. Always enjoy it. And a lot lot going on. Uh, last 30, 40 days, 60 days, uh, including the ride. But we're, we're building out the consortium. So we started out with three members. We're up to 21 now. Wow. And <laughs> we will cap it at 25 and, and as founding members. And then we'll have additional partners on, on as members. And all covered in, so thank you very much, guys. It's no problem. Much. Well, you know, Mark and I were instrumental in that, so huge um, part, I'd... huge part. Yeah. yeah, Todd told me that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Todd called me personally and said, yeah. hey, "What do you think, Marlo?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, let's go with the Italian kid." Yeah, let's yeah, go right, with the Italian right. kid from Chicago. <laughs> it's fine. So, tell, t- explain to the listeners what what is the consortium? What does it serve? What's its mission? Well, the consortium, actually, to back up a little bit, so there are two parts of what I'm doing. One is Formalio Consulting, which is basically project-related, and, and if a dealer calls me up and says, hey, I need a little bit of help, or I need your input, well, I'll help them, and if it turns into a project, it's a consultancy side of our business. But the consortium actually is something that I did more or less from uh, as respect and appreciation for being in this industry for 45 years. Industry's been good to me. Um, in the post-pandemic world, I felt like it was a very important requirement to help dealers and even OEMs and partners you know, figure out how and what to do next. Identify the pain thresholds. What are the best companies to work with? Who are the greatest leaders to work with? And how do you help the, how do you help the community grow? You know, and not, not just survive, but get enthusiastic about the growth. And I think we're there. And the consortium is a think tank and a vetting pool, you know, whereby we work with the dealers and we work with the partners. And if they have a problem, we go out and we find a partner that basically helps them get the job done. 
So that's what the consortium does, and it's been going really, really well. That's fantastic. Yeah, so each partner, each member of the consortium, founding member, has like a specific role, specialty, niche, and then uh, yes. it, everybody's able to help each other out. Yeah, quick examples, you know, if you need education and training, we have Kate Kingston. If you need uh, uh, IT business, of course, we have folks like yourself and others. Uh, if you need due diligence and you need some client-based uh, due diligence, we have Ask Forensics. So each bucket has a area of expertise and a knowledge leader. And, and it's been going really, really well. It's been that's very fantastic. helpful. That's great. That's, yeah. that's, that's great to hear. For sure. Yeah. So and, tell us, yeah, go ahead. We're going to have some big news in the next week or two. So you hang on to your hat. We're going to. Oh, have oh yeah. Is it a new member? Is it new member news or what is it? Yes. A new member and a new partner. So it's a, there are two things there. One is a very well-known, illustrious legend in his own business and, and history. And the other one is a company that's helped support. So some big stuff going on. Very, Ooh, cool. very cool. Very good. So, and then um, the other piece you you've had recently is uh, is this infamous ride where you go across. You you diaried your your ride. I saw it on social media. It was all over LinkedIn. I think it was some of it was on uh, Instagram as well. Can can you share with us kind of who takes this ride? What's the purpose of it? What happens? Well. Um... As you might know, we started this thing as a lark, probably my friend and I about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. It was a bucket list thing for me to ride across the country and, and, and salute our veterans in DC. And from there, uh, we got connected with the Jillian Fund. And, uh, you know, I did my part with Jim Sierkleski. I, I begged him for a Harley to donate and he was kind enough to do it. Um, and that started us on a journey that basically has gone from 2013 to this last trip. Wow. And basically, you know, you can see it here. I'm very proud of our relationship with the Jillian Fund. Um, you know, our mission as the Patriot Pack is to raise money for a terminally ill and seriously ill children. It's very, very touching thing to see kids that need help and families that need help. And um, so we started that process. We created the Patriot Pack to do two things. One is to honor our veterans, and the other one is to raise you know, donations for these kids and families. Um, and then it's grown. I mean, I, to be candid with you, it started with two. This last trip, we ended up with 18 bikers. Um, wow. Raj Thadani, uh, two years ago, wonderful guy at Mars International. Uh, he loved what we were doing. We never had a support vehicle, which is a very um, advantageous thing to have. Yeah. And so Raj rented an RV two years in a row, and we sponsor, you know, we get sponsors, we stick stickers up on there. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And he, and, he, and he and Bob Goldberg, you know, and, and others that we call the role vets, you, know, you get people like Patricia Ames and people from Great America, ladies from Great America, ride with us. Jim DeMidio, a lot of people ride in the RV. And we go across the country and we visit dealerships and collect, you know, donations. This year was a little special though, because a lot of the dealers that we went to visit, they actually used our visit um, as, as a coming out party. You know, they never had, a, they hadn't had a face-to-face -face meeting 
with their own employees in over a year and a half. And so they they welcomed us, you know, Visual Edge had a DJ and all kinds of stuff. And uh, it was wonderful. But the most important thing was they were they were happier to see each other than they were to see us. <laughs> That's great. Because, hey, the bikers are here. Hey, I haven't seen you for <laughs> Right. So it was fun. Um, and I would probably I'd probably add there were three extraordinary stops this particular year. Uh, one was that we went and visited one of our Patriot Pack brothers who passed away. We went to visit his family uh, up in you know Cleveland. We drove rode the bikes up there, and they hadn't had a service for him since he passed away because oh, of Oh wow! Oh. So all these motorcycles come roaring into their neighborhood, and the family's there, and they were just. It was re absolutely remarkable. It was very moving, huh? Yeah, very emotional. And then the second thing we did, um, which was personally uh, maybe one of the highlights of my riding career in my life, we made arrangements to honor a 99-year-old Tuskegee Airman. Yeah. yeah. Clifford Eugene, if you can imagine, Brooks Sr. And, and here he is, 99 years old. And by that time, we had 50 motorcycles and the police and everything else. And here's this little old guy who's like, here, can you imagine what a 99-year-old guy has seen normally, let alone right. let alone a Tuskegee Airman? Right. So that was the second extraordinary thing. And they even, they, they the mayor named the day going forward in his honor. So. Oh, that's fantastic. That's so cool stimulated that That's fantastic. i'm sure he and his family were really appreciative you know what david it was i i wish the world at large i think uh in today's crazy world sometimes i really wish the world could have seen the love in that room it was just incredible yeah. you know we never met we didn't meet most of them and and what they did to welcome us and and take care of us and how we honored you know, our favorite Tuskegee Airmen was just incredible. So those were two. And, and again, all along the way, you know, we're meeting people and raising money. And then the last one we honored, we ended up in Richmond this year um, with Sam Stone and Stone's office equipment. Uh, he lost his son last year. And so we went there to celebrate his son's life. And, and that was just extraordinary too. I mean, it was just, Three moving, emotional, spirited yeah. um, that restores your faith in the country, restores your oh, yeah. faith. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and when you took the ride, it started. Where, where does it start and where does it end? Do you go all the way across the country and then come back? So we start in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. A few of us. Uh, this year was fewer than less than normal because of COVID. Um, so myself and, and two other riders, we started in Scottsdale, and then we end up all the way in Richmond. And I rode back to with a bunch of the guys to Knoxville and Dallas. And one of our guys, JB, he's crazy. He rode all the way back from DC, all the way to Scottsdale. Wow. wow. Yeah, so I was pretty proud at 70 years old to put a pack on 3,800 miles in one ride. And he did 5,900. So, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm feeling kind of wimpy. You know? <laughs> Phenomenal. That's great. Yeah, so it was a blast. And and I think, you know, I, I would like to think anyway, by the activity that I saw off of social media, 
the industry really rallied around. I mean, I, yeah, they did. I mean, I, I saw a lot of a lot of connection, a lot of comments on social media, a lot of real integration and adoption for for the cause. Yeah, yeah. Even you guys. I mean, you were following along. I saw them. All oh the yeah. Comments, you know, selling the likes. It was cool. It was a blast. Yeah. That's, now, did you get any footage? Did you get any video? Did you get? We do. We have some video, and we have um, a lot of you know photographs, obviously from iPhones and all of that. But each each place we visited, they did their own video, and and they really they they went out of their way. There's a there is a site, um, you know, that I can send you where a lot of that is downloaded into a site, and so. You know, if a dealer wants to watch all of it, or if he wants to watch <laughs> what they did, they can. But but my my compliments really to the industry. They they the dealers and the OEMs. I mean, we had kind of come Alta people at locations. We had we had people from all across. You know, the bandwidth. Sharp showed up at a few, and the leasing companies. Um, it, it it's just been extraordinarily fulfilling. Say the That's least. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, to see that kind of unity across the board, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, we're all friends in this journey, right? Yep. This big journey of life. And so the brand name becomes far second, third or fourth, you know, mm -hmm. to the handshake and to the gift of friendship. And that's what we do. You know, this is my mission now, along with the uh, Patriot, you know, Pack Guys and the Jillian Fund. It's, it gives you purpose in life. You know, so yep. having fun doing, having fun selling IT services is great, <laughs> but saving kids, you know, and families from seriously ill, you know, challenges is really the. Well, I think in terms of life's mission, they're almost equal, right? Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, no. yeah. I, mean, I mean, that, that it's, it, it's exactly right. And that's why I think that when Mark and I talk about IT services, we always talk about like protecting brands, right? We don't talk about, Oh, we could do X, Y, Z for companies because that's the task that's done, and it's important. But that's the task. But to us, it, it's about these are families that have built up these brands over decades, right? Yeah. And to us, we look at them, and they're they're exposed. There's criminal hackers tearing down these brands, and what they don't see is the end result. They don't see the families that are destroyed and the and the daily lives. And it's if we're able to protect that, if we're able to to build that through mobile apps and and other marketing efforts, like that's that's to me where the meaning comes in. But no, there's there's no greater purpose than than what you're doing. Now. I mean, this is kind of a culmination of a phenomenal career. And and to be able to to dedicate your time now doing this is it's just remarkable. Well, I appreciate that, David. And and it's funny that you should bring up the work thing because the truth is you, you you're touching on something that that I really believe in. You know, if you if you the way we deal with the Jillian Fund and Patriot Pack, it's the same heartbeat. You mm -hmm. know, that you're you're applying to a client who needs you know they they got hit by ransomware or right you take yeah. it very you take it very personally and, mm -hmm. and i've always found that people who are successful um if it if it's just if it's just a menu item and right you know you're gonna you, you won't win right you're not, you're not gonna win you're not gonna gain the trust of the client you're not gonna believe it yourself and at the end of the day you're not gonna win right you may have, 
few wins, but long-term, it's what you carry in your heart and how you deliver that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, so let me ask you this. What are some of the things that you're seeing that are the biggest challenges in in business now? Now that we've kind of run the tail end of COVID, it's still very serious. It's still, but things are starting to open up more. Yes. What are some of the things, some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing? Well, again, great question, because as we rolled across the country, we had an opportunity day after day after day to have conversations with dealers and listening to what, what what's paining them, what, what are they worried about? And there was a consistent uh, message, if I could say it that way, from the dealers. And there were two or three things that really jumped out. One was people. Um, how, how to, you know, where do you find people? How do you train people? How do you migrate people? Uh, there's this whole generational change you know, coming at us and we're deeply involved in it. But on top of the quality of people, it's how do you pay them? How do you, you know, what do you do with them? How do you find them? How do you recruit them? And and you, then you have this e-commerce piece. You know, how does that impact my business? And how do I how do I expand on my IT services part of the business? Which, you know, when you identify one, two, and three, you know, typically it's gonna be people, it's going to be how do you reach that marketplace? What's that supply chain look like? And and frankly, you know, what am, what do I need to invest in? You know, yep. how do I do that? You know, which e-commerce system? Which application? And and of course, again, there's this whole generational change that um, is included. But there's the work from home thing, and you know, what? How do you deal with that the next year? And and I think. The, the, the challenge to me is it begins with people and, and it frankly ends with people, whether it be in the client base or who you hire. But I also, you know, I also feel very strongly too that um, the dealers, if I could just point to the dealers, because I know there's other people as well, but the people in the distribution channel, psychologically, I think are now coming back. They're realizing, hey, you know what? I lost 25, 30% of my revenue. Right. Don't be thinking about how to recover that. Think about adding 80%. And if you, and they need to change their mindset. They need to not think, oh my God, you know, I lost 25% and, you know, COVID did this and COVID did that, which is all true. Right. But I think it distracts them and, and, and really may in some cases confuse them. Actually grow, <laughs> think about growth. You know, you grew this industry on overcoming challenges for the last 90 years. Okay, we never had COVID, but think about how do I add I think, well, Yeah, I think you can come out on top. You can right. come out on top. Exactly. Yeah, you move away from that recovery mindset to a, a growth mindset. Yeah, because if they stay in the recovery mindset, they're not going to take action. Right. Right. It's more of a defensive posture at that point. Yeah. yeah. So I, I see that as, as really the, those are the biggest challenges. The flip side of that, you know, just to get ahead a little bit, is I think we're looking at one of the most remarkable opportunities in my lifetime. Hard? Yes. Absolutely. You have to deal with it. But opportunistic? Yes. Absolutely, too. That's great. And let me ask you about, you know, um, you were on, uh, I, I think, Ant 
Andy Zelensky's podcast or or, or an interview. And then I think I saw Sam Arrigo on there recently, too. And they were part of what that discussion was, was about the chip shortage. So I'd like to hear what your take is on that, because it seems very real and something that's globally impacted. Like it's it's hitting everybody. It's not just our organization or, or any one organization. Yeah, it's 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 not even one industry. No, not at all. It, right. it, if, to answer your first, I think question, uh, yes, it's very real, and 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 yes, it's going to continue. And yes, I think there are other, you know, ancillary things that are going to fall out of this. You know, how to how to deal with chips and how do you deal with some of the manufacturers that support the chips and. Mm-hmm. You know what? It, I think there will be a trickle-down effect on the business model, you know, how you're actually selling, um, the, the requirements, um, you know, for how you inventory product and how you don't inventory product. Uh, all of those things are going to go into, uh, I think, the next two, three, four, five years. There, those things are going to be and play a major role in how we do business going forward. And again, it's not just us, right? It's copiers and printers. I mean, it's pretty much anything you know, that uses a chip, which is most everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's affecting the auto industry. It's affecting mm-hmm. a lot of different devices. Yeah, I mean, I just got a, I got, I bought a car, you know, brand new car about a year ago. And I just got an email from, from the guy. And of course, it's a marketing thing too. But basically what they're saying is, we're not gonna have, <laughs> we're not gonna have inventory. And yeah. so we need your car if you're in the right. if you're market to resell, because we need your car. You yeah. know, basically to wow, yeah. Well, I know, I, I know. Mark has noticed that because when he, whenever he rents a car for work, he, he always, you know, in, in the beginning, he always says, "Oh, they don't have any cars because of the chip shortage." So I had to rent a minivan, and then a couple <laughs> of weeks later, he was renting another minivan, and I realized, dude, there's no way every time you rent a car, you're always getting a minivan. You're choosing to to rent a minivan. And, and and it wound up that, that oh, he's like, oh, I like all the metal. I like the space around me. <laughs> like that. Oh, well, the next time you see him, he'll probably have a Maserati. Or, yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they have fewer chips. Yep. Right, exactly. He, he, has, he has a minivan designed with chips. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. it, it really gets into the question, too, of... of where are we sourcing these chips too, right? There's there's a couple main vectors that these are coming from and and almost like like oil reserves, right? And and the movement toward electric vehicles and things. How do we change our dependency on it, right? Can we on a global way at least make some incremental changes so that we don't because the issue I see is yeah, this is happening now, but what about three years from now, five years from now? How do we avoid this from happening again? And, well, and I, yeah, those, and those answers don't. I don't have those answers, and I, I'm, I, the, the, the decisions on that are, are, are global in nature. Well, they're huge, and I mean these are astronomical issues that go far beyond manufacturing. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got a literally a global environment. Um, you've got a political environment, you have a supply chain environment, you've got a financial environment. And, and, and you know, you've got this collision of things kind of either 
a byproduct of, of one of those things or manipulated toward it. Yep. So, it, you know, it's a very dangerous question to, to address because there isn't a simple clear cut, you know, way of right. doing it. And, and I don't care if it's energy independence on one side or, you know, new green deal on the other. At the end of the day, that there's something that that accordion has to land. Yep. yep. There has to be some common sense business and practical logic applied. And, and, and I think we'll find it. I mean, I think we'll find it. I think we're, we're, we are in the middle of a, uh, a software switch, a process switch, uh, a, a business model switch. Uh, I wouldn't even say we're at the middle. I think we're in the beginning of it. And, and I do see that it's going to continue to think about it. It's going to address everything from brick and mortar. It's going to address, you know, how you go to work. I just saw in the news today that Deloitte in the UK announced to all its 20,000 workers, they never have to come back to work. Wow. wow. Period. I mean, 20,000 people in the UK literally told you do not have to, you don't have to return to work for, to the office for work. Well, what I, you know, I saw a similar article about a large law firm in New York that, that has stated the same thing. And they said, there's a lot of challenge. Managers don't like not seeing people in the office, right? They think that they're not working, but what this is, what this whole social experiment forced on this by this pandemic has shown us is that there's still a lot of productivity. In fact, sometimes there's more productivity if you train properly and if you engage properly, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we have to be by Zoom, but you can engage and have substantive conversations and you're still seeing the person, you're still able to, to do this. You can be in many different meetings in many different states all in the same day, right? And that's, that's increased productivity exponentially, things that we'd never even thought of doing before. Well, exactly. And, you know, use me as an example. I mean, I, I going into this pandemic, I was convinced this is just like, oh my God, you know, how can you not go to work, right? But given this 17 month fast forward, you know, I've I've accommodated it, and I I, I understand where you where you can be more more productive, where your attitude can be better, where where you're not burning up a lot of gas and wasted time in the car, you're not flying around at a at a you know drop of a hat because somebody wants a meeting in Detroit. Yeah, you know, you're very sensitive to the decision making process that says, well, this is acceptable. You know, so do do you do I really need to come and see you or? You know, why don't we get through the next three meetings and then I'll come and see you. Right. So, mm -hmm. so I think if people like myself and my generation can can accept that productivity increase, which I do, uh, I find myself actually arguing with younger people sometimes. You know how they want to get back into the office. <laughs> right. So it's kind of weird, but I think somewhere between the two, we're going to end up. We're going to end up somewhere with a hybrid model where because you can't not you know mingle you can't you can't avoid that the need for that you know team building and things like that yeah there's still some some very impactful social interactions that are inherent to really good team building and to take away that that togetherness where you're truly physically together i think you miss out on some of those impactful pieces 
Absolutely. And, and, and the reminder of that was this ride. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, when we ended up at some of these dealerships and the first time they had been together literally as a company was a year and a half ago. Right. And you, and you saw that. I mean, you felt it. You felt the interaction and the, the, the hugs and, and, you know, all the things that they were doing. So you, you can't eliminate that. And yeah. you shouldn't eliminate that. Right. But, uh, you know, frankly, there's going to be a middle ground where maybe they don't see each other for two weeks instead of a year and a half. Right. Fine. You know, but I, I think back to David's question, you know, you that, that, you know, that's a tip of the iceberg question, right? All of a sudden you start looking at every single thing and, and it's not just Konica Minolta trying to get supply chain up. This is around the world for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's lumber or, or chip. Right. Yeah, no, we, we, we've seen it affecting all different all different industries yeah now the flip side of that is the it services business and this is a big argument i've had healthy debate i've had with some really interesting people and and it's this weird dichotomy between it's it's almost like maskers and no maskers there's people who say oh my god if you're not you know if you're not in it services you won't be and then there are people on the other side saying well I don't know if I want to be in IT services, <laughs> right? Right. So it's there's like no middle ground with that, mm-hmm. and and I think that's the that's the crux of the biggest opportunity. I really do. That that is the next generation of this business. Maybe not tomorrow, you know, mm-hmm. but it will be. And so that conversation and that debate, I think, is really healthy. And you guys continuing to fan the fire of that debate is good. Yep. Absolutely. Got it. So keep yeah, it. I mean, it's, it's all about bringing value to people, and and how can we, you know, how how can any organization, because everything we do, no matter who does it, right? Every organization, it's it's commoditized, right? We're all just different flavors of the similar devices, whatever it might be, services, etc. And so, how do we, you know, create value for clients that that has meaning behind? It? Right, and if if we do it right and we're present, then um, then that message resonates, and I think that's that's one of the keys. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and look at you, and look at Mark. You know, when I look at you two guys, I look forward to being with you, and even if we weren't on this recording, I look forward to being with you. Why? Because you're genuine. You have genuine thoughts. You have, you have heartfelt experience in this industry. You're committed to it. And I'm gonna learn something. Yeah. And when you when you deliver that kind of attitude to your clients and to your to your family and friends, that's the answer right there. And when yeah. you have ill-equipped people or less than you know, less than genuine people, they get sometimes they get too much attention. Yeah. Don't, uh-huh. don't focus on those people. Those are the naysayers. They're the, they're the ones that aren't, right. you know, people yeah. like to make the difference. Now, and you're right. That goes back to your point earlier where you had said that it's, if you don't have the passion for it, if you don't feel it in your heart, they're not going to trust you. They're not going to believe you. They're not going to want to do business with you. And I think, David, that's one of our differentiators. I really feel everybody I sit down with should have the best cybersecurity defense posture possible. Bar none. 
that's what I feel. And I try to find a way to make them feel the same way I do. Some of it works, some of the time it doesn't, and some of them I have to circle back with. But that being said, that's the differentiator, because like David said, it's it's all different flavors of you know the same platform or this. And, well, when you believe that, you don't want to come across as salesy, because we're not right. trying to sell them on it. But we're just trying to like part of what what we do half the time is we're like do you are you doing this like are you there's like set, there's like five or six things that every brand should be doing like are you doing it i don't even care if you do it with us like right are you doing it like if yep. you're not doing it why are you spending money on a sales force to go grow this brand when you're going to be shut down in operations your brand's going to be destroyed like if you're not like do this i don't even care if you go with us like go with somebody else but at least do these things so yeah. that way you at least you know you've got you know you, you've got you think of a house right you've got your 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 alarm system set up you've got your doors on your house like nobody would think of not having a door on their house today yet brands do it every day they're just flying. They got windows open. They got doors open. They're like, yeah, but we're buying new cars. Like, we're, we're, we're <laughs> cars out there. You're like, that's great. Invite more people in. But we're throwing a party for the neighbors. That's great. Invite more people into your house, but you're not protected whatsoever. Right. And I just, it boggles my mind. I mean, it, it almost gets to the point like, hey, here's my password. You know, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> help yourself. Yeah, help yourself. Right. Yeah. Oh. But, but I think. You know, you you guys who are have been in the business and experiencing it deeply, and you have that passion, and it does require passion. So I agree with Mark. You know, it, it has to be a genuine belief in that you're doing good and right, mm -hmm. good and right. You know, for yourself, yep. of course, byproduct, but for your client. Yeah. And the, I think the other thing is, you know, back to David's point, the world is is spinning on this like really weird axis right now, and there's no comfort. You know, every morning you're waking up and you're hear, hearing, oh my God, you know, somebody got hit with ransomware or something, you know, all these things. And people today, whether they're, regardless of what age they are, they are kind of um, in one way uh, inundated to the point where they almost are dismissive with ransomware. Like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to get hit. No. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. want to give people $20,000 to get your data back? So I think that that downside, that argument, actually is where your passion comes into play. You know, you, when when you can t turn someone's attitude to say, no, you don't have to pay that. No, right. there are steps that are measurable that you can take and protect your assets. Yeah. And and the way you deliver that, you're just going through, you know, well, be in the cloud versus this, or be that. That's a that's a technical. Yeah, that's just the task. Yeah, right? yeah, this is what you do. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm here to protect your your wealth, right. right? Yep. So I think you know again, whether you're talking about integrity, trust, or passion, all three of which I think are essential to any but any business person wants to be a success in your business in the IT business. Those three things are quantum. Quantum. They're going to test your technical skills for sure. They're going to ask consultancy skills but what they're really going to measure is your doability are these yep. people i can rest with and that's that to me is whether it's a ride across the country or delivering it services that's the key to success yep. that's right
So, so what's on the horizon for uh, for Stromaga Consulting and, and and for you? Well, I probably got to get out to Chicago and buy you a Portillo's and a beer. Booth. Yes, I would love that. <laughs> he I will not say week, no to that. I guarantee. I don't go a week or two without without getting some Chicago food. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I promise you. Now that things are opening up, we'll get out there and Good. see my family too. But what I'm working on right now. I'm really having a blast. I'm having fun. I'm exercising, you know, all of the things, uh, as, as many things as I can that I've learned over the last 46 years. Uh, but the next things are, I, I think you kind of touched on it, cybersecurity, you know, how do, you know, people learning uh, e-commerce capabilities and working with these, these partner clients. Um, it's been extraordinarily uh, phenomenal as far as the learning process. And I feel like we're making a difference. So you're gonna see more of the same, um, but a little bit more refined. We're planning on going to BTA. So we're gonna have a nice big launch in August with the consortium. And then in Q1 of 22, we're planning on the Executive Connection Summit. So, ah. so that's coming cool. and it's gonna be great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, those are some things to look forward to. That's 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 pretty exciting. I mean, I, I think the consortium idea is phenomenal. I mean, that's just the industry has needed that. Um, it's just uh, a great community. It's a, just a great way of, of making the world smaller in that industry and then having each other help each other out. I mean, I think more organizations should more industry should really look to to that model. Fantastic. Yeah, and I, I think David being agnostic is the key, right? Yeah. So we we want to make sure we're 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 the. I like to think of this, you know, we're kind of the dealer or the industry kind of consultant. All mm -hmm. right. You know, everyone has very specific requirements and needs. Right. But you know, I kind of look at us as saying, all right, well, you know, you need, you, you got a ransomware issue or whatever it is that we need. Yeah. And we're going to help you. You're like the United Labs. For, yeah. Like, right? Like, it's 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 that, you know, all the different engineering, all the different electrical components and stuff, but United Labs kind of looks at it and says, these are the best practices. These are the good groups to go with, things like that. Uh -huh. Exactly. Very cool. It might be a little altruistic or a little bit, you know, bigger bigger than I anticipate, but uh, as far as challenge, but, I, but we're doing it. You know, we're helping yeah. people. It's so, growing exponentially too, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And besides that, you know, I, I think we'll just keep helping uh, the Jillian Fund and the industry, and yeah. hopefully, we'll continue to act uh, act younger than seventy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark and I do. So I think I think you do. Yeah, you do that pretty well, Stromaglio. You do yeah. that pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine getting on a bike and riding that many days. I'd have a sore back. I'd have to. I'd be in the RV with like a <laughs> lemonade. You know what I mean? Just like sitting there playing uh, Uno. Yeah, Uno. Playing Uno. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys would be good in there. Next year, you have to go in the in the RV. You'll have fun. That yeah, that cool. that we can do. Yeah, that part we can do. Well, that's fantastic. Before we let you go, um, any. Any words of wisdom that you that you glean from the Tuskegee Airmen? Like I, I would love to hear. Did you guys were you able to talk to them at all? 
Yeah, I had. Uh, I was one of the lucky few. Yeah, uh, I saw pictures of you talking to yeah, him. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Publisher. Was there anything that, that that he said that was poignant? Yeah, he he. There were a few. One one, you know, kind of took me by surprise because I didn't expect him to be uh, that alert. You know, 99 years old, he looked a little frail, and and we were going through a table where, where my friend Melody was introducing her granddad to a bunch of people. And he looked up at me and and he he went like this, come and sit down, right? Oh. So I, I did, I went around the table, I sat right next to him. And he reached out to me and he held my hand, you know, he, at first he held my hand and then he wanted to salute me because he saw the oh, wow. Navy, Navy cap. Yeah. And so then he held my hand while people were coming by and saying whatever, you know, hello. And he looked at me and he said, you know, God sent you here, right? Wow. And I said, what? Wow. God sent you here. And he said, you should never forget that. He said, I don't know if you're a believer or not a believer, but I'm telling you, he sent you here for a purpose and I feel it. Wow. And I, like, Ooh. And I said, Whoa. So we're, you know, we're talking a little bit while people are going by. And I said, well, what was in, in a lifetime of a hundred years, how do you even think of, you know, the top five monumental things that might've happened in your life? And he said, you know what? You cannot. He said, but I will tell you this. And I tell, I've told my family this for years and years and years. If you want advice, I can only tell you what I know. And he said, I'm telling you what I know. I don't remember all of the bad and I don't remember all of the good, but I'll remember this day the rest of my life. So I was that's like, wonderful. Wow. And he said, and that's how you should think. Live in the moment. 99 years old. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Live in the moment, you know? Wow. I, I didn't think he'd be able to string that many sentences together because of his age. And there he was, you know, just sharp as a tack. I don't so, remember all the bad, I don't remember all the good, but I remember this moment. That's exactly what he said. That's fantastic. And you can you can imagine, you know, all of the bad and good this man lived through in right. 90 years. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of what my takeaway was. Live in the moment, and even though we like to think we do, uh, we're always worried about tomorrow. And, um, you know, if he, when you think about it, he's 99 years old, so he definitely has been living in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I thought that was pretty amazing because uh, he had no reason to say anything like that to me. I never no. met, never met him before. Right. And he sat me down, and and you know sometimes you just make that eyeball connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. So live in the moment, guys. That's awesome. Yeah. What a great parting word. What a great thought. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, as always, it is a it is a an absolute honor to uh, to speak with you, Mr. Schmaglio. And uh, uh, look forward to when we can meet in person again and, and see each other. Um, you're always welcome to Chicago, Indianapolis, Louisville. Yep. We cover the whole gambit. So uh, let us know, and I, I'll tell you that uh, right now, I have no plans to get out to Arizona because I think it's like 130 degrees out there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm good with you guys staying really tan and being out there. 
come this winter for sure, we're going to be looking to uh, to explore some. You know, we have a cloud data center up there, so I yep. always right. book our client meetings for the Arizona one. Accordingly, right? <laughs> right, exactly. We always book them accordingly. So uh, great speaking with you. Um, once again, great, great. I always learn something from you and uh, uh, exciting things to watch. Yeah. Well, we're going to have fun. And guys, it, it's my pleasure to visit with you. It's an honor to do it. You always give me the respect and appreciation that, that I get humbled by. Uh, although this time, David, Mark was like all over the intro thing. <laughs> He was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he, he really he, he really jammed the intro, that's for sure. So, I anyway. practice I practice on that all day long. Yes. Yeah, I bet you do. Do do your best to do what their Tuskegee Ehrman said, live in the moment, give it your best. Tell your sister I said hello and give her my best. And next time we meet, we'll have some more stories to share. So thank yeah. you. All good. Thank you so much. Thank Mike. you for your service, Michael. Thanks so much. You're welcome. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. You Have got it. See ya. Got it. Hey, everyone. Mark and I are really grateful you guys listen and download. We're trying to make this season even better with brand stories and cool interviews with uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and things from behind the scenes that we just can't find anywhere else. We're trying to make this something we ourselves enjoy listening to. Do us a favor. Please leave us a review. When you go into Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, just shoot us a review. That really matters, and it helps us keep this going. Again, thanks for listening. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 